0: Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for network equals net worth. I want to hear your stories. I want to share your stories. Good morning, Delene Allen. You're listening to my podcast, Network Equals Net Worth. And I am totally thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Carol Roderick. And let me tell you, this is one woman who is totally gonna rock your world. Dr. Carol Roderick is a digital marketing strategist former university professional and national award-winning educator. She applies her academic research skills and 15 plus years in personal and professional development to ensure her clients get the right message to the right people at the right time with words that resonate so that their revenue soars. Her clients know her as smart, diligent proactive and a great communicator carol regularly invests in her own success and belongs to a tight-knit group of advertisers who manage hundreds of thousands of dollars in ad spent monthly their strategies have been used by clients who've been featured on oprah good morning america and the today show welcome carol roderick i know you got a story to share so um welcome Deline. thank you oh well listen and you grew up in st john new brunswick that's where my husband joe's mother was from st john new brunswick oh, and um, did you? yeah did you go to the market there
1: oh always and i still go to the market in st john whenever we go go home to visit i, I love st john i love being in the maritimes
0: Excellent. Well, I know that Joe, as a kid growing up, that loved that St. John market. So tell us all about, uh, well, you're from St. John, um, and you've got a nice story to tell. How many siblings?
1: So in my family, I'm the oldest of five kids. My parents were both professionals, and there wasn't really an entrepreneurship in my immediate family. My grandfather, though, he ran a corrugated box mill so he made box you know when when shipping was was really I mean it still is a big thing but corrugated paper boxes were a huge thing and he and I were really close growing up Um, I wasn't around when this happened but he had this box mill so I think some of his um, his energy or his he he really influenced me quite a bit but his box mill burned down three times and he had employees that counted on him and each time he rebuilt And I think that had some type of influence on me in terms of building up his resilience, like my own resilience. And when things don't go necessarily as I expect they go to kind of look for opportunities to either rebuild or build and shift into something else.
0: Well, there Carol too, because when we spoke earlier and we'll share some of this, there've been pivotal moments, haven't there? So having a grandfather, I mean, my goodness, three times, it burns down. And he has the persistence to build that up again. So I'm sure there were a lot of messages that were taught in little conversations that are deeply embedded in that subconscious that have served you well. And so um, I love the story about your parents teaching you about money in a great way when you're out driving in the car, what would your dad say? Well, you know what?
1: I want to say this was as a child, I was so embarrassed, Eileen like wherever we would go. And my mom, my mom still does this. She goes out for a walk and she'll bring an empty plastic bag with her and she'll look for empties on the side of the road. Now my parents have no need to do this, but they're always picking up empties and they're like, oh, that's five cents. But I used to get so embarrassed as a child. My dad would see an empty on the side of the road. He would stop the car, make one of us go out and pick it up and put it in the car now he would do that even if I had friends in the car, like it was humiliating, but I think it taught me, you know, the importance of seeing money, seeing opportunities and that other people are leaving behind and, and, and picking them up.
0: Yep. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of messages there. Number one, somebody was not as cognizant that the value of that empty bottle and embarrassing or not, Um, It's amazing how, again, that can make a big difference in our outlook on money. And then um, as you grew up, certainly likely as me with my six younger siblings, um, set an example, when you're the oldest, more is expected of you. So do you feel that's also helped you in leadership skills?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, having to be responsible, take charge of my siblings, babysit all all of those things and then I always gravitated towards leadership positions um in high school we had I was part of Kiwanis educated youth the key club and we had a large national conference and I remember being the one who was organizing that conference and um It it was just it was it was interesting. I mean, at one point I was really shy, but that changed around high school and I came onto my own and became more of a leader and now keep gravitating towards those types of positions.
0: Excellent. Well, certainly having parents that taught you some stuff about money, having your grandfather who had a business. Um, and I believe that even though my mother said on a daily basis, you know, set an example, you have six younger sisters, it taught me that I had a voice and that I could use it. And the fact that that can be a nice confidence booster later on doesn't mean that we enjoyed any moment of that when we were going <laughs> through. Um, whatever, I must say, I I led the way in that I obviously didn't go too far off track that, you know, the rest of the sisters had it a whole lot easier than I did in the beginning. And so it sounds like you were taught to be a saver, not that all five of your siblings likely do that.
1: Um, Absolutely. I was taught to be a saver and be wise with my money. Um, And that's a lot of, of, of my dad. You know, both my parents, but especially my dad, he's a saver and seeing him do that made me aware of money. And I'll share another example. Um, this is when I was a bit older. I, w- I went to university, I was going to St. of Acts, And I got so annoyed with my dad about this. We had a shared bank account and I was in first year. And I don't even know, I probably wasn't even 19 at the time. So I'm not old enough to go like legally to a liquor store. But he said to me, he noticed that I had spent $20 at the NSLC. And then he called me out. He's like, Carol, what are you doing? Like spending money at the liquor store. And I was just like, one, mortified and annoyed that I didn't have, like that he had that level of control in me or like could could watch me on that level. And at that point, like it was really, you know, some people say that's a minor thing, but I was like, no, no, like no more. I am doing this on my own. I'm paying my own way. So I didn't always pay my own way. My parents have been very generous and helping me, but I made it a point to like, I got a job working in residence life, which then forwarded my leadership skills. I was tutoring. I was doing other things to make an income, to get scholarships, like working really hard to pay my way as much as I could. And I think that's really helped form a strong foundation for me um, going forward in eventually having my own business.
0: Well, and you know, again, you don't realize till later on, or I remind you or something. It's like there were likely a lot of those messages that helped you realize I can do this, which and that you had an understanding of money and that you were willing to do the work. To, to support yourself. I mean, at an early age, that's pretty remarkable, Carol.
1: Mm, yeah, I think some of those things for a lot of people are difficult moments,
0: but pivotal and really help us out in the end. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And to any parents that have small children that are listening here today, don't you hope that your children will learn this? And at the ripe old age of 18 or 19, first year in university, decide they're going to be self-dependent or mm-hmm. self-reliant. Did you know that 82% of business owners say that most of their new business comes through referrals? Well, it makes sense. Think about the power of a recommendation from a friend or a colleague when it comes to restaurants and movies. Why wouldn't the same be true for business? And if you are a business owner, you know that a client who comes to you from a trusted source is far more likely to do business with you, and they'll probably spend more money because that's the power of a referral. So welcome back, Carol. Tell us uh, tell us about your educational journey and how that led you to be an entrepreneur because there's always, again, those pivotal moments you talked about earlier, but I have a feeling along the way you've made a lot of connections and built some pretty terrific relationships.
1: Absolutely. Now, you know, I always did really well in school. In my high school, I graduated second in my class. I had a teacher tell me, Oh, Carol, you could have graduated first, but this other girl, a good friend of mine, scored better on that exam. So anyways, I was at the top of my class when I went to St. of X. My parents really gave me the option of going, going to St. of X or staying in St. John. They're both St. of X grads themselves. And they said, um, and I was like, I'm not staying home. So I went to St. of X. I took science. Um, I did biology really because all my friends were doing biology. And I could, I was smart enough and I did it. Um, So then I did that. I started a master's in biology and I quit eight weeks into it after I got a big scholarship. But I was like, this is not for me. And I really realized it was the interpersonal relations and my friendships that led me to where I was. So I pivoted. And then I went into adults and higher education. I did my master's and PhD in education. Love that because... It was just more, so much more about connections and relationships, which is really important to me. Um, I then worked in academia, St. Mary's, Carleton, um, OCAD University, the art and design school in Ontario. And I was doing very well in my career. Um, Then my first daughter was born. And what happened was my, I had covered for somebody for her mat leave. She then covered for me three months when after I came back from mat leave I was told that my position was being combined with this the other person who covered my leave and uh, I was packaged out I was gone oh my goodness like that I I was shocked um then you know, it was very upsetting and emotional at the time I I love learning so it also became a dating and relationship coach while I was working and I was like okay I'm going to find a job or I'm going to create a role for myself where I can stay at home and I'm going to like coach people in dating relationships. Well, to do that, I needed to get to fill my pipeline of clients and customers. I wasn't ready to pay somebody $2,000 a month to to do that for me. So I jumped into a high-end mastermind to learn advertising. In there, I met a woman who did this as our own career. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's money to be made in this. And I like it. And I was applying more skills, honestly, from my, like my research skills, my academic skills than I was when I was working in academia, like just how to, how to, how to get in front of the right people and what message to say, to drive them to take action. That was the moment I pivoted. And from there, I started my own business in advertising. And, you know, it wasn't hugely profitable from the start. But unlike a lot of small businesses, I was profitable from the beginning, Um, which for me was just like, okay, Carol, you're on the right path. Keep going. And And I keep learning and growing and exploring new things. And I love working for myself. Love it.
0: So what are some tips that you could pass to somebody? Of course, if anybody's listening to this, they need to be smart and contact Carol and invest a little bit in your business because she can do all of your social media ads. So, but tell us what what are some, just some suggestions you could offer to people on what works?
1: I want to say, so not necessarily about social media, but just as an entrepreneur, I think the best thing that I've done for myself comes actually through this, like love of learning new things, but really investing intentionally in my own personal development. So it's not necessarily, you know, it's not bookkeeping skills. It's not those skills. It's like looking and trying to understand my mindset, what gets in my way, how do I break through those things so I don't get stuck in one way of being for too long that I can like break through it and get to the other side because that's, there's so much more available and just really always trying to like up level myself personally. And that spills over into my business. Now I think entrepreneurship is the best and toughest personal development journey because you keep running into yourself, right? Like, we get in our own way all the time and we've got to just recognize it and then shift and grow.
0: Well, and and having good quality referral partners can also make a huge difference, can it Carol?
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. And there's like key people throughout my life, right? Whether it's from when I was a kid up through now, and when I meet somebody you know, that, that I gravitate towards that has that role. I really invest myself in that relationship and really I'd say the, the B and I givers gain, but finding a way that's mutually beneficial that we're both growing um, and getting, you know, referral partners, but also that personal growth that we're both growing through that experience together.
0: Exactly. Well, and, and lifelong learning, like, every day, learn something new. But um, do you also find as you creating, let's say referral partners, the things that are really good is how much we learn from other people in other businesses, which are things that we can pass on to our existing clients to help. Um, just you never know what we can do to either um, make an introduction or a connection, but adding value. Um, and I see you do that all the time, Carol. What a difference wow. that makes.
1: Thank you. I really love sometimes I feel like I'm the I think of a wheel and being like the center of the wheel and the spokes and just connecting the different people in my own life, whether it's for business or other things. But when I find, you know, I see somebody who's whether it's a great naturopath or somebody who can help freelancers build their business i try to make those connections for people um cuz it's been so helpful when people have done that for me
0: and don't we wish that everybody would do just a little bit more of that because you know again when you make an introduction i love making introductions cuz my name's always in that and if it's a mutually good one right and if it turns out maybe it wasn't the greatest doesn't really matter I mean, you never know when you meet somebody new um, you've added to your network um, and another resource, Um, but yeah, at least reach out, right? Make a connection. What, what harm can that do? Uh, But odds are uh, that much more exciting. So one of the things that I did want to just touch on here, because Carol's not one to brag, okay, her strategies have been used by clients who've been featured on Oprah, Good Morning America, and the Today Show. I mean, Carol, all of the way through, you obviously comes out lifelong learning, but I'm going to take you back to where you said you were looking, you were coaching for love. Yes. Yes. Carol, that speaks to me that you're a natural networker. Because obviously in that coaching for, let's say, dating or love, you are doing more than just connecting people. You're looking for kind of give us some tips, because to me, that's a great networking tip. If you can arrange two people to go on a date, the two businesses could have that mutual connection
1: Interesting
0: question. Okay,
1: so one, yes, a lot of the strategies I have been used have been featured in a number of places. Um, that's not saying I necessarily have, but um, so I'm not 100% comfortable with that, but I'm working into it. I am, I- I'm leaning into that. And um, when it comes to connecting people, what comes up really for me is this idea of flirting, right? Right. And we're doing it all the time. And it's not just like in a sexual or romantic way. But it's those same strategies. Like we all want to feel good. So like complimenting people, recognizing their strengths, lifting them up. Put them in the position where they want to get closer to you. And it's it's fun. So there's that bantering back and forth. And a lot, bringing play into it, like it doesn't have to be, networking doesn't have to be serious and heavy. It can be light, fun, fluffy. And I think it's important to bring play really into that and not take ourselves too seriously. All right? well, like that, it's just.
0: Yeah. If, yeah. if anybody listening to this has ever had that customer that, you know, pays you the least amount of money, gives you the most amount of grief and you're ready to fire that client, uh, you know, you've got a real business. And I'm a big believer in prior planning prevents poor performance. But if you got to know the person a little bit before you decided you wanted to do business, right? Like a human connection, Carol.
1: So, so, so important. And I also want to say it's important to know it's a journey. So like somebody who is an ideal client for me, four years ago, may not be an ideal client for me now, because I've grown and changed. So, and and that's okay, right? Like, it's it's like having different boyfriends, <laughs> who was great when I was in a certain phase of my life, changes as I grow and evolve, and know better who is the right fit for me. Um, and then gravitating towards those people and getting to know them. And it's just that, that personal, yeah, that exploration, that play, being kids on the playground and getting to know each other. That it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be more serious than that, but at the same time for kids, that's a very serious activity, right? A big part of what it means to be a kid.
0: Exactly. And uh, getting comfortable and talking to people and, um, you know, you or I might be a little bit more extroverted, but what I love about, cause it's, you know, six younger sisters, and they weren't all extroverted. And in fact, a couple painfully shy. And one of them that I just cannot get over is the number of connections she has on social media platforms that she has made friends with, that even if she met them in public, she would still likely have a hard time talking to them because that's still her personality. But the fact that that hasn't stopped her from creating some phenomenal relationships online. Mm. You know what,
1: Dalian, I I don't consider myself an extrovert. I'm more introverted. Like I need that quiet time to recharge. And I'm very uncomfortable going to a situation, especially where there's like a lot of people and everybody knows everybody. And I feel like I'm the new person. However, I just like to ask questions and be curious about other people. And it moves from that small talk that I find, you know, about the weather or whatever, uncomfortable to really like to a place where as an introvert and I want that more depth, like we can get there. I just have to ask questions about them and allow people to talk and really listen. Um, We do that so little in today's world, we're so busy. Um, So I think introverts can do very, very well With this if they just recognize that about themselves and allow themselves to move beyond that small talk it doesn't networking doesn't have to be a whole lot of superficial conversations you can go out identify a few people that you want to talk to and really take the time to get to know them and allow them to speak and you can listen and you'll cultivate really deep relationships that are worth their weight in
0: gold yeah Totally. And so whether it's online or in person, because of course in person, sometimes those people are not as comfortable. So to me, what I finally learned was if I totally put the focus on them and ask rather than, hi, how are you? What do you do? Tell me the best thing that's happened to you this week, or what are you most excited about or got any big goals happening and something that, um, Sam Horn in a a TED Talk she does, you can get people to raise their eyebrows. You've got somebody who's in a conversation with you. And so smiling, nodding, asking questions. And you said, of course, keywords here, listening to understand, not listening to wait to get a, a break in the conversation. Sometimes even if I'm with somebody more, if I'm sitting coffee, I say, may I make some notes when I do this? Because then instead of trying to you know, remember if I make a few key words, um, then when it's my turn to speak, I can go back and say, now tell me more about this, would you tell me more? And um, the more they're talking, if we're really listening, making those notes, I I have what I need when, you know, again, it's my turn to speak now. I also gauge this as there's sometimes people that if we're having a cup of coffee, they do all the talking and never ask a thing back about me. And you kind of go, hmm, is this somebody I want to do business with? Um, because nine times out of 10, somebody after about five minutes goes, but Delene, I want to hear about you, right? To me, that means we're we're past the first step. Just those little nuances. Oh, Delene, tell me about you. And so, you know, I'll share a little bit, but it's based on the notes I might have made. I'm, it's usually just in my phone. That way it's also right where... This person's name is. So, if I need to follow up, right? Mm. Do you have any ideas that you use? Like, do you have a tip for following up?
1: I don't know. I mean, well, following up, there's some great ways that I do that automated. I want to go back first to what you said about, you know, somebody's talking for a long time and I'm not getting anything in. To me, I think I'm left with the experience of, well, they're just not that interested in me or they have a lot they need to unload. But that does not make me want to pursue that relationship any further. When it comes to follow-up, follow-up's tricky. And one of the things I say that's kind of like a shout-out for my own business is um, automating it. So if you can connect with somebody and then have them engage with a piece of your content. So if you have a lead magnet or your website, if you can, if you're meeting with somebody in person, if you can just direct them to your website, you can set up a whole system, $10 a day, where then people are going to getting posts, or they'll see you in their newsfeed over time. So if you do forget to follow up with them, whether it's an email or a phone call or see them again, they will keep seeing you. And that allows that relationship to develop on autopilot without you having to do anything. Because as, love, as much as I love to say I'm awesome at following up with everybody doesn't always happen. Of course, You know, life gets in the way, life gets busy, things fall through the cracks, but I like having the system in place and I do that as an ads manager and I can put that in place for, for anybody who's interested to just then allow you to have that, that automated follow up so people don't fall through the cracks.
0: Exactly. That is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. um, I like to say that that's part of the reason why I've been successful was as the queen of follow up and keeping notes on people. And, um, you know, again, if I talk to somebody, I just talked to somebody on Monday that we were supposed to have an appointment The poor guy's got really bad case of COVID. So I just sent a message. I'll send a message tomorrow. I think it's in my calendar because I put it in my calendar, right? Uh, Feeling any better? You want to reschedule or I'll touch base next week. But you you want that you never leave something without the next step, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do that, something similar in my calendar about how I set it up I'm Like, okay, even if I like with people I'm working with, I will say, I don't, I I know that some people are going to forget and I believe that as a truth or they're not going to follow up or do what they said they would. So I put a note for myself a few days up, out just to make sure that they've done what they're going to do so things don't drop. And if you, I can just get into that habit and I keep using it,
0: it yeah. really works. Yeah. Well, here's my theory. I used to do two by two by two. So if I meet somebody, let's say online or in networking within two days, I follow up. And then depending upon the conversation that we have, where we're next step, it would be a week or two. I would follow up again. If no, no, I'm really busy, you know, get back to me then that, but it's in my calendar and then two weeks or, you know, once, uh, once something's in place, then I usually still put it a couple of months down the road. So there's always coming up as my reminder, right? Yeah.
1: I think you're, you're the master networker, daleen We can all learn from you. You've got all these amazing systems that you have really put in place, um over time and um, i'm excited for you to be launching the course that you're launching right now and putting that putting that out there yeah you've got all these you know some of them are really simple tricks and systems right how do you keep track of the people that you're meeting on a daily basis how do you then follow up with them and you don't have to follow up with everybody but the ones you want to Um, you've got great systems that i think we can all benefit from for doing that
0: well, thank you, but I've learned a whole ton from you too. So thanks so much for listening to my podcast, Network Equals Network. Everybody's got a story, and I'd love to hear yours. Carol, any last-minute remarks that you would like to add?
1: Oh, Daylene, this has been a ton of fun. I love um, connecting with you. I'm really grateful to be part of BNI and to have learned from you um, as well. And um I'm going to keep learning, <laughs> find right. the people that you like to connect with and keep
0: growing. Well, and imagine if you're listening to this and you've got a business, you might qualify for a digital adoption grant of $2,400 and Carol can get you noticed with uh, social media ads. She is a master. You Absolutely. might be a good morning, America.
1: <laughs> Daly, also say for that $2,400, we can get people set up with that automated follow-up system. So when people connect with you, go to your website. You will just keep showing up in their your news, their news feed over time, which is awesome. So take advantage of that grant, <laughs> anybody who's out there.
0: Thanks so much for listening. What you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with Delene Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.